Katie's a passenger a passenger princess. That is Katie's legacy as an NBA player. He and and look, he is a phenomenal player. I don't I don't have to do all the qualifying. If you're a smart person with two brain cells, you know how great Kevin Durant is, and you can appreciate his greatness. I can appreciate his greatness while being honest about his legacy. Like he is the best score, the greatest score I've ever seen in my life. But he wants you. He wants to take an easy ride. That is what he wants. Katie does not like to drive. He wants to be sitting in the passenger seat, eating his food, while player X does a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, what you know about benchmark? Uh-huh. They're speaking the facts that you wanna hear. They're the jersey, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? Ooh. What to do when they hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. I taking an L, all I need is a win. win. This is business, you know how they go. They playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my butter blow. We know. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob ENT. How y'all doing tonight, fellas? Doing good. Chilling, man. Opening day. MLB is back. Ran it. It's an excitement to be that opening day, but it's only game one of 162. So it's great. Yankees started off with a win. Mets started off with a win, but it's still another 161 game. So it's not like other sports like NBA, NFL, like, oh, nah. This is a long, long season. Before we get into it with all our predictions, talking about each division, Cy Young, MVP, y'all know the house rules. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, share it. Make sure you rate us, give us a five-star review. That way, this podcast can be reached out and spread out to other people that can get this great content. So please do your part. We appreciate y'all. MLB. AL East, we're going to do, this is going to be probably one of the first times we ever did this on the show. We're going to do like some, a hurry up offense episode. AL East, who wins the AL East? Who's the best player in the AL East? Yankees and Judge. That's, that's a given. That's, that's I think I don't, I don't have any argument to that. That's facts. I, I was going to say the same thing because, and yeah, I, I just let him say it because, you know, you get a kick out of saying that. As if he didn't win MVP, but that. We're not getting into this again. <laughs> I, there's no argument. I wasn't going to argue. It's facts. You were absolutely right. I don't, there's no better player than Judge in the AL East, and the Yankees are the are the best team in the AL East. I feel like too. I don't know who. I mean, Tampa's really good. Tampa's Tampa's really good. So let me not rule them out. Maybe they, they maybe. Who do you they, think hit second? Because they got right now they got over under the Blue Jays will have 91 and a half wins, which is behind the Yankees. Blue Jays are good too. There's some good teams. Tampa and the Blue Jays are very are both good teams. Um, I, I I would I mean this for this year's purposes I'll say I'm so I'm gonna stick with Tampa. I would stick with Tampa. Um, their pitching is always really good, so I'll stick with them. But I could easily be wrong, and the Blue Jays could easily have a great year. Um, they got they got they got horses over there, George Springer and them guys. So they got horses. They're a good team. On the flip side, uh, division that has 
is not so much a runaway. NL East, Braves, Mets, I think it's really between them, maybe the Phillies. Who wins that division? That's a toss, and that's tough, right? <laughs> that's tough. They're gonna send they're gonna send a couple teams to the playoffs. Um, the Phillies are really good. I mean, they didn't have a good year last year. We beat up on them last year in division, but they they went to the the World Series. So um off that, I, I'll give it to them. Off that, I'll give them the nod. I'll say that's them. Like they're the they're the best team for now because they went to the World Series. I'll give them that. But um second best, I think we'll leapfrog Atlanta this year. I think that's the this is the year. I mean, even without Diaz, the, the bullpen's deep and they do a good, they have a good, they have a really good lineup. They're they're deep, they're well constructed, they're great defensively. They're really, really good off- offensively. This team's really, really good. Um, they can withstand it with Edwin Diaz injury. So I, I think that um, they're, they're the second best team for now, and this could easily change. It's just the beginning of the season is what we're talking about. But um, as far as the best player in the division goes, that's tough. I mean, <laughs> that's tough. Uh, there was a time where it was easily to Grom because he was here. Uh, but I know today he got smacked around, which is good for him. He left. But uh, any uh, concern with the Verlander injury? No, they said it's minor. I mean, you know, the, the Mets are due for a couple injuries early. It's just it's what the Mets do, but it's, it's minor. So I, I I don't have too much concern about it. And it's, this team can hold the fort down. They're a good team. And they'll beat up on the Marlins. They did that all year last year. The Marlins didn't, didn't get any better than they were last year. They're the exact same team. But, um, damn, best player in the AL East. That's, I mean, NL East. That's tough. I'd say Bryce. Honestly. I think, yeah, I think Bryce probably is the best player in the NL East. I think I think the best collection of players is a different conversation. The best individual player probably is Bryce. Probably Bryce. Right now, yeah, I'd say so. AL Central, Guardians, White Sox, Twins, Royals, Tigers. Who wins that division? That's one of the most boring <laughs> divisions uh, in baseball. But White Sox have a good team. Um, they've got a good team. They just beat the Astros today. I'd honestly rock with them to win the division. Um, the Twins, they the Twins look better. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like the White Sox are kind of due to make some noise. Like they've made all these moves, draft picks, pitching. So it's got to pay off at some point. Yeah, well, the Astros will focus on something else. <laughs> <laughs> they, the. Um, the White Sox, I feel like we say it's every year about them, the talented, and then they they don't do they don't do anything. Like Larusa just doesn't get what he needs to get out of that team. Um, if he's even still there, is Larusa still a manager? I, he uh, probably, he got rid of huh? He got he got rid of well, that explains that. That explains that then, right? Because every year it's been the same thing. The talented, but they come up short. So maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year for them. I hope it is. I love Tim Anderson. I love what he does. What he is for baseball. Um, you know, I think I think I, I love that story. So. I hope I hope they can make a run, but the Twins are probably the second team, if not the first team in that division. They got Correa back, and we'll see if his leg falls apart like they like everyone thought it was going to fall apart over the summer, in the middle of the season. But um, you know they have him back, and they're they're a deep team. They they pitch well. They they've got so they got good hitters in the lineup. I think they're a good team. I mean, then they've certainly been in the mix last few years too. That's the thing too. There's just an established kind of just way they've gone about competing in that division. So. I would say them or the White Sox, but I'll go with the White Sox. That's, that's a fun pick. I hope that's what happens. NL Central, Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Pirates, Reds. It's not the Reds, for sure. 
It's definitely oh. not the Reds. O'Neal Cruz is the best player in that division, I think. Just got there. O'Neal Cruz is the best player. Who, who, if it's not him, who is it? So, hold up. Oh, Paul Goldschmidt? Paul Goldschmidt didn't just win MVP this past offseason? Yeah, but it's O'Neal's time, man. O'Neal hit a home run that went like 150 miles out, uh, an hour out of the stadium today. It's his time. Paul Goldschmidt just holding, just, just, he just, he's a placeholder right now. He's coming. He's coming. Yo, is, O'Neal Cruz. Is O'Neal going to hit for average this year, or is he just going to hit a home run every 10 at-bats? And... I mean, I, I think no matter what, he, if he, I'll take either one. A <laughs> home run every 10 at-bats is max, so I'll take either one. All right, so then he's then he's Adam Dunn. Then he's just a home run or bust guy. He'll hit for average. He's fast too. He's a he has a great glove. He's a, he's he's an exciting prospect. He's exciting. Paul Goldschmidt's the reasonable answer, but O'Neill Cruz is, is so much more fun to watch for sure. So much more fun. Um, he's what baseball needs. He's what baseball needs. When so he puts it in what play, baseball has. When he puts it in play, he's fun to watch. <laughs> he'll hit for better average. Who wins it, Cardinals or Brewers? Cardinals. I think Brewers Cardinals, I feel like the Brewers have better pitching. So they do. When it comes down to it, that's what you want to lose by. If the pitching's good, then you can kind of hide your lineup troubles. But they don't really have that much trouble in the lineup. They got Yelich still and a couple other guys too. So it's going to be between those two teams like it was last year. But the Cardinals, they're just – they're like the Yankees of the Midwest. They're just one of those teams that you expect them to do good every year and something happens. <laughs> yeah, AL West, Astros, Mariners, who you got? Angels, do the Angels make the playoffs this year? Probably not. Which last place. And- yeah, probably not. Isn't it like Shoei's last year or something like that before – free agency or is it, that would be via trade i know arbitration is like 20 years long no this is his last year i mean yeah he's gone it's kind of clear that he's gone after this yeah it's, it's just whether the dodgers are trade mess. him trade him at the deadline or just let yeah. him walk for nothing and it's bad business if you let somebody this good walk for nothing yeah meant to make a trade i'll give you alvarez mauricio i'll give you all the big prospects Mets make a big trade. The Mets make a Mets are gonna make a splash. I really expect them to do that. I'm serious. I think I like the funny thing is I'm saying this and it's like there's no games to it. That the Mets could easily make a swing. They're gonna make a swing for Shohei. Like every everybody knows it, and, and the Dodgers will too. And made the richest owner with the deepest pockets win. And I think we all know who that is. They should trade. You know who they should trade? Pete Alonso, Edwin Diaz, oh. and his trumpets. Trade all that stuff. <laughs> Lonzo about to get a bag too. He about to get a bag. Astros win that division. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For easy. Last one. NL West: Padres, Dodgers, Giants. I don't even think we need to mention the other two, but Dodgers. Dodgers. Dodgers, Dodgers and uh, Mookie Betts is the, the best player in that division. I think, right? Mookie. I think. I think. Yeah, Dodgers will win that division. I think so. Who comes out the NL? Mets. To Mets, I'm not pick. I'm not. It's not even homerism. I think this is the year. I think it's it's a it's a it's a contest. It's a contentious pick. It's the Mets' turn. NL East has been dominating this whole thing for a while. I think it's the Mets' turn to go to go uh, make a run here in the playoffs. Who's in the NL? Miles. Mets. Um, 
But I like the Padres. I'm going to say the Padres just because that lineup is stacked. If they can find a way to trade for some pitching, then watch out. Because how do you pitch to Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Bogarts? That's a one, two, three right there. And Tatis. I forgot about him and his, you know, all the Jesus. He's not doped up anymore. Yeah. So that's that's my team coming out the, the NL. Who's coming out the AL? <laughs> the choice is actually very easy, to be honest. But he's gonna make the wrong choice. I'm not. You are. And it's, it's it's actually easy. Like the the best team by far in the AL is you. You don't like them, but you know who it is. Who the Angels? <laughs> Shut up. The Astros. The Astros have been dominant. The Astros, bro. They're off to a bad start, though. They lost one game in a hundred. Get out of here, bro. Lost today. You guys beat the Giants, and you're over here feeling yourself. <laughs> the Giants were like what second in the second or third in that tough division. They down suck. There. They suck, bro. Where's their hitting at? It's Buster Posey. Is he even there anymore? Oh, God. Brandon Crawford? They lost Altuve, too. That's a big loss. You're not factoring in. That's two months without him. Oh, because what, what happened there? Injury? Or was it? He got hurt in the World Baseball Classic. Broke his did he? he did? They'll be, they'll be all right. They're deep. You know Houston something serious. They're a machine. They're a machine. Yeah, they got machines all right. <laughs> so fine, you're gonna pick the Yankees to go to the World Series. I know you are. Always, every time, every year. <laughs> That's the expectation. Oh. <laughs> Which division is the best in MLB? Well, all the balls in this. NL East. Yeah, yeah, easily the NL East. No, no doubt. Now, which which team do you think could be a potential surprise team that didn't do well last year that actually could actually maybe make the playoffs this year, excel, one of those Cinderella-type teams? I mean, I, they didn't do bad last year, but the Orioles, like, they've got something coming up this year. Like, Adley Rutschman, he's going to be a superstar, a catcher. And they've got all these first-round picks coming up one by one. About they time. Figure out, yeah, I know it's about time, but that's the thing. They have to do it homegrown because nobody wants to play in, in Baltimore. Yeah, why ball? The only thing that's out there is you know gun violence, bullets, bullet shell casings. I was gonna say the wires out there, but Lamar black ass. For now, <laughs> yeah, Lamar's out there, so that's the only draw right now, and he's about to be gone so um, he really he really is which is i don't think he's gonna go anywhere that's just me i think he's gonna stay i think all this is just nonsense he gonna sit out i think he got he has has a leverage yeah and they'll and they'll pay him and he'll stay i think that's what's gonna happen at 32 million dollars you know he got up until week 10 to sign that well i'm sitting because think about it baltimore needs lamar more than lamar needs baltimore let let Lamar not be there for OTAs preseason. John Harbaugh will be on the hot seat because we you gonna have Huntley leading that offense. I don't disagree with you. He was a Pro Bowler, so you know oh. he's a talented quarterback. So we'll we'll see what what happens. <laughs> Yo, you're terrible. <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> he really is. 
really who, is. Who's the AL MVP this year? Is it going to Shohei? Yes. Most it likely. It won't. It won't. Mainly because he's going to get traded. So you can't get it if you don't play the whole season in the AL. So. Get traded to the Mets. So he'll, he'll win the NL MVP. It's all for half season to work. He's going to get traded to Magic Johnson's Dodgers. So if not Shohei, who wins AL MVP? He's gonna sit there and say George again or something. That's what I was looking at. Honestly, honestly I, it could be Trout. Like if he comes back healthy and he's honestly been a lock to be top two in MVP when he's healthy every single season he's played. So and he's in his prime. So even even if the Angels suck and all that, he could hit fifty something home runs. Like he hit forty last year in like one hundred and fifteen games. So imagine if he can stay healthy. Like he's in his prime right now, where he can hit 45, 250 home runs a year. So I'm gonna go with Julio Rodriguez from the uh, Mariners. That's why I think we'll win MVP. He's Rodriguez. definitely in, in Vegas. He's I think they said he was third ranking wise to probably get MVP. Yeah. And now MVP. You know they had Juan Soto up there, Trey Turner, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh. I think I think Pete Alonso's gonna win MVP this year. I think he's been scratching his service. I think it's a sleeper pick. Sleeper pick. Homer, call me Homer if you want. I think he's been he's had a really great, he had a great year last year. He builds off that. He easily win MVP. I thought he was in a race for a while too last year. He Both was for sure. Yeah, he was. So I think he could easily win it this year for sure. I think I think it's his, he's due. He's due. I'm gonna take. Tough one. I don't. I don't see Pete winning it. I don't know. Something just there's something in the air just telling me that he's not gonna play a full season this year. But, but I'm not wishing nothing on him. Like he's there. You really, are. He's a really good guy. I just don't see him playing a full season this year. So if my prediction is right, I'm rocking with Mookie Betts. Yeah, this Joker Massa. It's just something in the air. <laughs> Who's the AL Cy Young? Garrett Cole. He also he was also a good start today. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue against it. I'm not gonna argue into that. I'll, I'll go with that too. NL Cy Young. Wouldn't it wouldn't it be crazy if Verlander gains one last year in the AL, right? He beat That's out awesome. Cole, so it could be Verlander. It could be Verlander. He's on, his, he's on his load management right now, so I don't know if he'll be able to collect enough starts so i might go with mad max mad max can can win a cy young when he's still in his prime almost at 40 years old uh, he's gonna get the run support so know that knows that already last one we go on to mlb what team what manager and what player has the most pressure on them to perform this season in each league or just in general in general i think it's the yankees it's always the yankees well it's aaron boone yeah aaron boone for sure because i thought he was gonna be fired last year and the 
player with the most pressure. Yeah, Aaron Boone. They really run it like a bodega over there. Family, you know each other, you keep your job. Uh, Aaron Boone and then players like Mike Trout with the most pressure because he hasn't really done anything in the playoffs so you get a taste of it in the World Baseball Classic and it feels good this is something that you could get used to but then you come back to spring training and you remember you played for the LA Angels so now you got to figure out a way to get your team above water because they're leaking oil right now like Shohei is got both feet out the door and you're just you know you got rope around one foot trying to pull him back and I don't think he's coming back so this is a year where he's got to try to figure out can I keep Shohei here and if he leaves how do I get myself out of here because I'm never going to win in LA at least not in, in this part of LA on the other <laughs> I that's, win a, the but. that's a fact. Mike Trout, if Shohei gone, Mike Trout got to be the next one out the door. He has to. Because then what's the point of making all this money? You sign, that's the thing. These baseball contracts are so, I mean, I can't say they're dumb because you lock in that money long term. But then you lock yourself to a team that maybe two years into the deal, they're going to suck. Like when Mike Trout was here, when he got called up, they had Pujols. And Pujols didn't perform the way he did in St. Louis. And now Mike Trout's kind of still in that superstar range. And they bring in the best player in the world. And now he wants out. I mean, he hasn't openly said that, but like some of his comments, you kind of realize that he's not exactly you know, going to bat for the Angels. Because hmm. he doesn't owe them anything. He's given them, what, five years of great baseball, and this is all they've been able to, to show for it is no playoff appearances. So I don't disagree with you. Transitioning, we got March Madness, Final Four, women's and men's. On the men's side, there's no number one seeds, there's no number two seeds, there's no number three seeds. Do y'all like I guess you could say the parody in college basketball this year. It's no, no major schools, UConn, Miami, San Diego State, and Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't, I don't feel like I'm watching college basketball's best players, like got the guys who are going to be in the NBA, at the NBA level being stars. I'm not seeing that. You know, does FAU really have an NBA? I mean, they might have one NBA guy or maybe a guy who, who gets to, gets through the cracks, but – you're not hearing about you're not seeing the big names on that stage, and you you'd like to, you'd like to. Um, so I I don't know how I feel about it. Like I, it, it's cool, but at the same time, you know, it's it's cool. It's a cool story for the casual people who don't really lock into you know the scouting process and the, the top recruits, and they don't root. Maybe they maybe they're not big into the NBA, and they don't root for the NBA. You know, root for an NBA team. But um, for someone who does, and for someone who cares about that kind of stuff, just not seeing the best at that level, it, it's tough. Like it, you know. I thought, you know, Houston would have been a nice team to see there just because they have um, Jarese Walker and Sasser and those guys. And, um, you know, I, I didn't think Duke would make any noise in this thing, honestly. They just didn't – they hadn't been good all year. But just seeing teams that had a, just a a nice 
balance of NBA guys, right? Marquise Noel is certainly on a, on a higher level than any other guard in the country and certainly was playing that way. Um, so it was fun to watch him play, right? He drew a lot of eyes. But in this uh, in this final four, there are really good players. Are there NBA guys, surefire NBA guys in this final four? That's a whole different discussion. UConn may have one in Hawkins, Jordan Hawkins, right? Um, he's he's a really good player. He's, I think he's a surefire NBA guy for sure. So they're there. They're diamonds in the rough. But you're not seeing the big names. So I, it's cool. It's, it's a good thing. But at the same time, it, college basketball needs to be saved. And they need a guy like Brian needs to commit to a school like a USC and for them to be good. It, it'd be good for college basketball. It'd be great for the NCAA. And not that I want to put money in their pockets that I care about their financials, but it's just, a, it's, it, they, they need, they need that. Like they really do. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a double-sided question there for sure. Miles, who you see winning this? You got UConn. Can F, can FAU win it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, all these teams have a good chance at winning it. UConn, though, they're coming in the hottest of any of the teams. Like, all their games so far have been blowouts. Yeah, they're good. Like, they're they're peaking right now. Yeah. That's a really talented team with a lot of, you know, a lot of pros. Even if they're not NBA players, there's a lot of pros on that team. So, and they got a really good coach. But Jim Laranega the coach for Miami, he's been here before. He took George Mason here 17 years ago. And I think if they're able to win, he'll get his first national championship. Like, I just, I think this is the one game where the national champion is going to come from the winner of that game. But like what you were saying with Greg before in the parody and, college basketball, I think the one-on, not one-on-one, uh, the one-and-done has kind of made college basketball what it is. Like, a lot of people look for those stars, those future NBA players, when, like, college basketball is so much more than just those freshmen that are here for a good time, not a long time. They're not here to, you know, be here for senior day. They're not looking for that. They're trying to make as much money as they can in college and show out, which, you know, it's not selfish of them, but that's what you got to do to make it in life. You got to, you know, make, make plays. But like you look at the college game, it's always been more fun when you see these teams with juniors, seniors who have been here, they got the chemistry. They know how to play basketball together. They've been doing this for years. Like, it's kind of like when you go back to high school and think of the players and your friends that you grew up with and you played with them. It means more than mm-hmm. just like being a one and done. Like it, for people who went to North Carolina and didn't play basketball, they're rooting for North Carolina because they were there. They saw these players. They've been in that same area. So I think College basketball is more than just, you know, stars. It's about what people see, what they're able to understand when it comes to, you know, watching their team play. I'm a Kentucky fan. I enjoy when Kentucky's good, and I hate it when they're bad. So it's like it's one of those things where, like, college basketball is so fun, and I think it just gets – 
pushed aside just because you don't see the, the same star level talent that you do at the NBA level. But that's what makes it good. On the women's side, South Carolina, Iowa, LSU, Virginia Tech. I'm not going to hold you. I'm more intrigued looking at that South Carolina, Iowa game than any of the games on the men's side. Caitlin Clark, Leah Boston, Dawn Staley doing her thing. How y'all see Final Four going on on that side? I'm going to just say this. Because I, I was saying this earlier in a group chat with a couple of people, and I was at Caitlin Clark is in is in the same women's basketball. I really believe it. I think she's the chosen one, bro. I think she's gonna be the one that makes people lock in and watch this thing. They really watch this thing. I really believe that. Watch this product. Um, she's she's special. She she's the best woman play, player I ever seen. Maybe maybe I haven't, maybe I haven't seen enough women hoopers at a high level. Maya Moore up until this point, Maya Moore was that was the one I think was just crazy like I think she was so cold Maya Moore but Caitlin Clark is incredible incredible um she's Steph Curry literally she's literally Steph Curry she's just a woman former Steph Curry um so I think she's gonna save women, women's basketball I really believe that um but I have reasons to believe that uh what South Carolina will win that game I have reasons to believe that they're gonna win that game just size and you know um they, they've got they've, they've an established culture of winning over there um, too right it's gonna be tough for her to overcome she seems Caitlin Clark is the show so if they can make her life hard and be physical with her then I imagine that they'll win the game but Caitlin Clark's gonna save win basketball I really I'm, I'm serious when I say that I think she's gonna be the reason why people lock in and they start making more money and you know we start we start you know we start seeing this thing become a little more lucrative in the WNBA she's she's good for the W watch that's the other part I agree they not gonna win because that, that's why I think that game is so interesting. Iowa averages 97 points per game. South Carolina only allows like 54. Yeah. So I'm very intrigued to see how Caitlin Clark does against this stout South Carolina defense. And Dawn Stale, I think, is the best coach in women's basketball. And she's definitely a top five coach across the board, whatever sex you want to be. Whatever, you, whatever pronoun you want to use. Dawn Staley is a top five coach, hands down. And shout out to her for saying she don't want to coach at Temple. I wouldn't either. She about to just run the women's game, keep, keep putting eyes on the women's game. She doesn't have to coach men's basketball for her to be valid. Let, let's get that straight. Women don't have to come into the men's world to be valid. That's not, that doesn't have to happen. I think South Carolina wins it. I like LSU too. I like Angel Reese. She talks smack. I think that's good for the women's game too. I hate seeing the, uh, let's help each other. Like, no, show some passion. And she shows passion and I love it. I don't got no, please don't ever change. As she said, what up, what they gonna say now? I, I love it. Miles, who you got on it? I got Virginia Tech in that game, honestly. I think. That point guard for them is, is the real deal. Like, she's nasty. They've got a first-team All-American in the center, too. I'm not good with the names on the women's game. I'm sorry. But um, those two going up against LSU, I think Angel Reese can – she can get a little ahead of herself sometimes. Like, if she's not making her shot, she'll get a little too aggressive. 
get pick up stupid fouls where she's almost she fouled out in the Sweet 16, almost fouled out in the Elite Eight, or she might have actually fouled out in the Elite Eight. So if you can get her in foul trouble, that's a big blow for LSU. And I just think that the girl from Virginia Tech, she can step out and hit the 20-footer. She can go down low and hit you with a little post game. So I got them. And then South Carolina, Iowa, that's going to be a fun game because both teams haven't played a team like them all year. Like South Carolina hasn't played a team that can play at this type of pace. And I don't think Iowa's played a team that has this size that they can go up against. Like they've got that six seven girl and then, you know, the one who's gonna be the number one pick for South Carolina too. So I think that's gonna be fun. You're gonna see Dawn Staley going up with her undefeated South Carolina team against the best player in college basketball. Maybe even men or women's right now, if we're really looking at it. Um, that's that's going to be fun. Um, even if I was going out on Friday night, I don't know if I can until I finish watching these games. But mm. it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely locked in. And Virginia Tech, you're talking about Elizabeth Kitley. And South Carolina, Leah Boston, which she not getting as much pub because of the Caitlin Clarks of the world. But more than likely, Leah Boston, she's a top three pick next season. Depending on who gets that number one pick, I think it's going to be hard to pass up on a Caitlin Clark. I think that's going to be that's going to be difficult. I don't care if somehow, for example, the Liberty get it. Sabrina, you had to move to the side. Caitlin Clark is better than Sabrina Ionescu, hands down. Just being completely honest, mm-hmm. play a side side to side by each other. But uh, whatever team, <laughs> I don't see nobody in the league right now in the WNBA that can afford to pass up on Caitlin Clark. Even just for even just for the exposure and the tickets coming in, I I don't see that happening anywhere. We gonna close out with this man, Greg's one of Greg's favorite players, Katie. <laughs> Came out and said, man, I don't care about legacy no more. I used to. I used to care about it, but no longer. All I want to do is just ball, go home, hang out with the fam, have fun. Do you think more players are going to take this approach uh, and kind of change that narrative about the whole ring culture? I feel like him saying that actually is saying the opposite, that he does care about legacy and all that stuff. Like, you wouldn't have to address it if it didn't bother you that people keep talking about your legacy and whatnot. So I think, you know, they can say that and they can, you know, living my life like it's golden and everything's all good. But deep down, they know they, they care about what people think. Like they care about what like the Charles Barkley's and the OGs of the game have to say about them. Cause it's, it's a matter of respect. Like you're trying to earn, everybody's respect in the game and you know katie he's made some questionable moves in the past which you know people are not going to let it go because for someone so great to make those moves it's questionable and it makes you question your heart and Uh your drive to actually compete and win so him saying like i don't care about legacy like who are you to say that like everybody look lebron LeBron James cares about his legacy. Like, he's arguably the greatest player to ever play. So who are you to say you don't care about your legacy? 
He only doesn't, the only reason why he doesn't care about legacy, only, only, only reason why he's saying he don't care about legacy is because everyone is because he knows how everyone views him. He knows when when you're in a barbershop, everyone's gonna bring up the Warriors move. They're gonna bring up the fact that he left the, the Nets as soon as things got hard. He didn't want to drive the bus. He wanted to be a passenger. He, Katie's a passenger a passenger princess. That's what he is. He like having a, a nigga's hand on his thigh, on his thigh. That's what he likes. That's that's his whole thing. He likes to have his, his hand his his thigh getting gripped and all that. And he likes to be on the on the pat in the, the passenger seat. That is who that is KD's legacy as an NBA player. He and and look, he is a phenomenal player. I don't I don't have to do all the qualifying. If you're a smart person with two brain cells, you know how great Kevin Durant is, and you can appreciate his greatness. I can appreciate his greatness while being honest about his legacy. His legacy and his greatness are two separate things. His greatness adds to the legacy. He is one of the he is the best score, the greatest score I've ever seen in my life. But he wants you. He wants to take an easy ride. That is what he wants. KD does not like to drive. He don't. He don't like. He wants to be sitting in the passenger seat, eating his food while player X does a lot of the heavy lifting. Right. He has. He likes to have everything set up around him nicely. Perfect ecosystem for him to succeed. That's what he likes. To, that's what. His, that's his legacy. That is his legacy. Okay. He went out of his way to go to Golden State after getting beat by him. They could have beat Golden State if they regrouped the next year. They could have easily done that. And OKC, he left. Okay, then he leaves Golden State because he realizes in Golden State that, at first of all, no one cares about the rings. The rings are hollow. No one cares. There's no iconic moment from him being with the Warriors. The only iconic moment from him being with the Warriors is that Draymond called him a, you know what? I can't say it on the podcast out of respect, but you know what he called him on the bench, and that ultimately broke it up. That's an iconic moment. Not in his favor. And then he also realized that Bay will never love him the way they love Steph Curry. It's Steph Curry City. It's that Steph Curry owns that part of California. He is a legend. He is an icon. And so he 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 knew that. He rubbed him the wrong way. He got up out of there. He goes to Brooklyn. Kyrie, he's doing Kyrie. Kyrie's PMSing 50, 50 to 60% of the time while he's there. And then Kyrie leaves. And he decides that he don't want to be there no more. And because because Kyrie's not there anymore, right? He said he said I love that organization. It's great. I don't want to prove they were. I didn't understand his quote too about them. He's like, he's like I don't want to prove the Nets were, uh, you know, a, a trashy organization. I was like, what are you even saying right now? Like, no one thought the Nets were a trashy organization before you got there. They were an organization on the rise. You, the reason why you came is because they had a great ecosystem uh, ecosystem there in place. They had a great culture in place that you wanted to be a part of. That's why you came. You came with Kyrie Irving. Okay, fine. You guys, they had something in place. You guys, that was appealing to you guys. So why do you even have to say that in a quote? I don't understand that. That's weird to me. That's just weird behavior from the PZ headed guy himself. I don't get it. And then he go on in the quote, and he goes on to, to wax poetic about the Nets. Now he enjoyed his time there, the family, blah blah blah. But he looked around after Kyrie left, and he didn't know what the direction of the organization was. That like what you're not even making any sense, bro. Like they getting a star to play with you would have been so easy. But you do that wasn't that wasn't appealing to you, right? You want to go somewhere where it was ready made this year, ready made, so you can walk in and not do that much work. You know, go somewhere where you can't be double teamed, right? That's that's your thing, right? Because in here you would have been double teamed, right? And Lord knows you can't pass up a double team. Lord knows that if you watch KD play, he can't pass up a double team. He struggles passing. It's not it's not it's not pretty. That's why Boston beat the brakes off us last year, 4-0. Tell you what, Mikhail Bridges and them go win a game against the Sixers, they would have accomplished more. Then, but then KD and KD did in the last year, anyways. I, I'll give him the, the the he was a he was a half a foot away from getting to the final. Like I'll give him that, but just honestly, like it, the whole I don't care about the legacy talk is just so disingenuous. He clearly does. He cares. He cares what Charles Barkley says. It, it, listen, 
stop quote tweeting called Charles Barkley on Twitter and then acting like you don't care. You clearly care what he says. Stop. Then you wouldn't be quote tweeting him. You wouldn't be even mentioned. You wouldn't pay him any mind what he says at all. You wouldn't pay no mind to what Charles Barkley says. You'd be like, shut your, you know, you're, you're fat behind up and move on. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, but you're not doing that. Like you're locked, you're locked in everything he says. It matters to you. So I don't want to hear it, man. He hears all the chatter. He knows. And best believe when he retires, he's going to be miserable when he retires. I can already see it. He could go win two more rings. He's going to be miserable when he retires because the rings is charm and soft. The rings is like when you leave the pasta in the pot too long and it's, it's like watered down. Like it's just, it's like you drink a soup. Like it's just, there's no, there's no, there's no solidity to his rings. There's none. Like, please give me a break, bro. Close it off with this. Do y'all think if it's up to y'all though, right? If you're Bronny, now we've mentioned, you know, Bronny will be good for college basketball. If you're Bronny, do you go college route? Do you go overseas route, overtime elite, G League at night? Which route do you go? LeVar Ball put his opinion on it. He told him, in his opinion, he shouldn't go to college. Why are you sitting there trying to learn Spanish when you could go get buckets and get paid? He's not broke. He's LeBron's son. You can go to college. It doesn't make a difference. You have a trust fund that will make you the richest man alive. You'll be a black billionaire without even lifting a finger. So go to college, get the college experience, enjoy it. You know, I, I think that makes the most sense. Going to NBL, why did you don't have to do that? They're not the ball brothers. You know what I mean? I just think it makes more sense when you go to college and to bring the prominence back to college basketball. That's not why he's doing it. It's about his development. But if he can, if he can find the right coach to play under, and he gets to play on those bright lights of college basketball, like Brandon Miller did this year, obviously minus the murder, murdering, then you go out there, you go do that. And that's that's the best way to go about doing it for him. So go to go to go to college. Yeah, he's not lacking money too. They said right now, before he even gets to the college, wherever he go, it's projected he's gonna be making $7.5 million on the NIL. The most the most in the country so he's he's good either way he's good either way which means it's lucrative it's fine i'm gonna end off the show putting this out there jersey basketball is really different basketball needs new jersey both mcdonald's all american mvps on the boys and the girls side this year were from new jersey and last year the mcdonald's all american mvp on the boys side was from New Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey ballers is different. Basketball needs New Jersey. They did that little documentary about where KD came from. That's great. New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. New Jersey was not the best, it's the best hoop state. There's no better place putting out better basketball players in, in the country than New Jersey. I don't care where uh, Texas, California, California, no. Like New York, definitely not. Um, like New Jersey. Is by far the best hoop state, period. The best player might have came from West Orange. Who knows? Yo, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. <laughs>